0: Welcome to the Stripped Money Podcast with Yele. Thank you for giving us your ears as we break down money to its bare bones, letting you know how your money can work for you.
1: Welcome to the last episode of Season 1 of Stripped Money Conversations. I'd like to start off by saying a huge thank you to each and every one of you for listening to the season and engaging with all the conversations that I've been having. It has been such a pleasure watching new listeners from many parts of South Africa and even internationally over the last nine months engage with the stories that we've been telling and all the conversations. We've also had incredible guests come onto the show who've left us with so many gems per episode. But today, we're going to round it all up and share 10 key lessons that we learned about money in 2020. Now, you might have listened to the full season, but when I listened again to all the episodes to get these 10 lessons, man, it was so hard to choose which one to share today because our guests have said such powerful things on this platform. I even missed some of them when I recorded and listened the first time. But listening again was so beneficial. So, for the last time this season, I am your host, Lungile Masekho, and let's get straight into it. Lesson number one, side hustle, baby. On the first episode of the season, I had the pleasure of having my hubby as my guest. And we talked about how we manage money as a couple. Interestingly enough, we recorded this episode before COVID-19 hit South Africa. And although we shared quite a lot of tips on that episode, one of the key takeaways that he shared is this
2: and i think with today's technology and today's products out there it makes it much more easier to actually achieve those goals.
1: Absolutely. What's your financial goal for this year?
2: I've got a I've got one big financial goal for this year, you know, and it's to actually create a third leg of income. Mm. Um if you remember when we were still dating and going into our marriage, um i used to have an Uber. Yes. And that used to give me a bit of side Um, income and it Mm. helped us a lot in terms of um, achieving my goals personally and achieving our goals at the end Mm. and i want to get back into that and have a different side income that will continuously be there to assist me to actually be able or enable me to be able to reach those certain heights that i can't reach with my salary
1: okay that's a good one i think yeah that's a very good one um i know and i know you're very passionate about
2: it's a sort of a I mean, third leg of income to our relationship, you know, not saying that we need to include anything third. No other thirds,
1: but percent third incomes. I find that more relevant now than ever. Having multiple sources of income is definitely becoming more important because we don't know how this economy is going to hold up during this pandemic. We've seen so many businesses shut down and people losing their jobs and having to start afresh. So if you can... See how you can create a side hustle to supplement your income, or as Hinted calls it, create a third leg of income. Lesson number two, resist the urge to adjust your lifestyle should your salary increase. If you're lucky enough to have a salary increase this year, especially after the year we've had in 2020, then consider this shared by Tsapokhapani.
0: I wouldn't say it's a moment, but it's something that I've consistently always done. Mm. And I only realize now that i man, I was actually doing the right thing. Every time I got a salary increase or I got more money, I never changed my lifestyle.
3: Absolutely. I've kept
0: the same car. I've basically kept the same clothes. Yeah, I'll buy clothes and and shoes. But my lifestyle hasn't really changed. And I think that was very, very important because every time there was an additional income, I'd save it and invest it. Mm. So, whether I was on corporate or I was on radio or there were different types of gigs, my lifestyle stayed completely the same. Still driving the same car, still staying at the same place. And I think that, that for me was, was the game changer. And I only realized later that I, man, you're onto something. Like I know, man. I'm onto something. Like I'm doing the right thing.
1: Yeah, I think that's the one trap that most of us mm. fall fall into. In that, when you get a salary increase or a bonus, yeah. oh my gosh, you need to ball You need to yes. change your people must, they see, must see you all day. You're alive like, now. I'm in corporate. <laughs> I must change my car. Yeah, and it impacts your financial your finances quite negatively. In that you, in you, instead of growing, you're actually backsliding in terms mm. of you spending money that you that you actually should be saving and putting towards something that that will help you in the long term.
0: I completely agree.
1: So the key here is that should you get a raise from your annual increase, change your job or get a promotion, take a moment to pause before you adjust your lifestyle upwards. Yes, it's not practical to say bank all the new money, but if you take a percentage of the new money and spend it guilt-free, But use a majority of the remainder to help your future self by investing or paying off debt. You can really afford a new set of wheels when you're in a much better financial position. Remember, just because you can afford it doesn't mean that you must have it. Lesson number three. Be disciplined if you're trying to curb your debt. Our lesson number three is from recovered debtaholic Dinewad Zamela. She had quite a journey recovering from debt. But one of the lessons that stood out for me was this.
4: But it it really was just discipline, you know, not going out and buying shoes, not going out and doing whatever. I think um, actually in making my new friends. And there were many transitions during that four years, including me eventually ending up working for the Sunday times, the business times. Um, And I remember when I started working, um, my friends from um they can tell you. They used to be like, mm, cause the way I used to dress. But that was because I didn't buy clothes. So I'd yeah. literally come to work in jeans and a t shirt, you know. Um and yeah, it was just going over my like this is all we've got. If push cups to shove, we will buy new things. But it was a whole lot of um discipline, um, focus, really having to be like, I'm I I'm, I'm determined you know, iron the prize, let's not yeah. lose track of it. Um, and it, it was satisfying as well, keeping a track um, or keeping track of all the things that I was paying off at the same time. Um, I think there are few things more satisfying um, than seeing that zero balance, yeah. calling up the bank and saying, hi, please close it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, And then calling them like a month later just to make sure um, that it's been
1: closed. So the lesson here is plain and simple. Keep your eye on the prize. Don't be tempted to get things in the short term that shortchange your long term goals. And lesson number four is don't be financially in the dark. Pay close attention to your money. We actually had two guests share this lesson with us. One being Guli Gwala in our Dealing With Divorce episode she shared this with us so now how is life after divorce what are some of the learnings that you'll take into your next relationship
5: okay so now what i do is i'm i'm very organized financially Mm -hmm. and what i mean by this is that i pay much closer attention to my money like I familiarize myself with all my financial assets, with every account that I have. I make sure that I go through it every single month, right? Mm. I don't. I no longer want to be in a position whereby I'm financially in the dark. I need to know, and I need to account for each and every cent. You know, every cent that goes in and out of my accounts, I I, I I take account for that, and I give a documentation, and I what's this? What's the word I'm looking for? And like, I just don't take any debt anymore. Like the only debt I have right now, is my house and it's my car and that's mm-hmm. it. I don't have any clothing accounts. So I've become so anti-debt that if, if anybody wants to offer me a credit card, like it's a trigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trigger because I genuinely don't want to be in, in debt, in, in any sort of debt anymore. And luckily I've got a spouse who, He's very open. Um, he's very open about his finances. Um, we talk about it, we draft budgets, and we 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 are in the habit of saving before we actually spend money. Mm-hmm.
1: Anna Di Donato, owner of Zodwa Bridal, also shared the same lesson just from a business perspective, and said this. And but the big one I must say is um, you know, get get your financial house in order and know, learning what the, how to do your finances for the business. And I think a lot of people, and it's me included, you don't learn like basic accounting and, and basic bookkeeping and like, um, you know, trying to, to make sure you, you're running at a profit. You know, yeah. like you, you don't know how to price. You have a dream at first. And this is the big thing. The big lesson that I did learn was if you really want to make your business successful, you need to stop running it like a hobby. You have to sometimes have to stop thinking about just the passion of, of that business and is what you're doing actually financially sound? Ooh, that stop running your business like a hobby went in deep. <laughs> I think it's this kind of stuff that I think about in my sleep and like, Hey, you need to make sure that you're doing things the right way. Lesson number five is, if you're going to start investing, start with tax-free investing. A lot of the questions and comments that I have received are people saying, okay, okay, Lungi, we hear you. We should have started investing yesterday. But where do we start? Here's what Tandu I had to say.
6: Government did this brilliant thing of instituting tax-free investing and tax-free savings whereby your capital gains, your dividends, and any interest accrued in a tax-free environment is not taxed. Mm-hmm. So as of like 2015, they instituted this, and government has rejigged it a bit, but for the investor's benefit and the saver's benefits.
1: Okay. So yeah. what would you say is the difference between tax-free savings account and tax-free investing? I know most financial services providers often use these terms interchangeably and for me it's a massive bugbear of mine because what you get personally from a tax-free savings account sitting in a bank is a lot more different than what you get when you invest that money.
6: Right. So the difference is with a tax-free savings you are pretty much putting money away in a bank and you accruing interest. And at whatever rate they give you, that's the interest you get, and that's the non-taxed kind of benefit to it. Whereas a tax-free investment, and I'm not sure if I'm going all in with this, but just briefly, um, whereas a tax-free save, tax-free investment account, you can invest that that money in these products called exchange-traded funds where you earn according to the markets. So you could potentially beat uh, interest rates from your bank, um, yeah, and those are sort of like the very broad strokes to it.
1: Okay. Um, and how would you say that someone would maximize this tax benefit?
6: Um, reinvesting your, your earnings or your profits and your, your dividends. Um, I think compound interest for me is, my, is one of my favorite, well, the most boring thing that people say in the investment space is compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Mm. And <laughs> your face. <laughs> but um but it's it's it is key to maximizing on the benefits and that's also having a discipline as to not to touch it and to to withdraw funds from your tax-free tax-free savings environment Mm. that's how you maximize on tax-free investing
1: and i have to agree i personally think that the only financial goal you should have today is starting your tax-free investment account should you have not started your investing journey A tax-free investment account is the first place to start. Why? Because it is the only savings and investing vehicle where the taxman can't touch your money. So no income tax, no capital gains tax, no dividend withholding tax. This tax saving can add a considerable amount to your long-term savings plan. Lesson number six. Create financial goals and reward yourself for reaching them. Dumi Paike spoke about how he disciplines himself when it comes to running his business and rewarding himself after reaching certain milestones. Being an entrepreneur is not an easy feat. And some say that it's a thankless job. Dumi spoke about how he rewards himself and how that stops him from digging into his business finances.
2: If I want to spend money or if I want to do something, I work towards something and then I reward myself for it. Mm. So, for example, in business, you know I set myself you know targets for the business to say if if the EBITDA number for the business is is this and and we reach that 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 milestone, then this is how much I will reward myself so the business you know obviously we reach the target and if I don't reach the target then i don't take I don't reward myself so that that's worked pretty well and it also motivates me to get to where I want to be and then that's where I get to reward myself because you know, I don't feel guilty. I deserve it and I have achieved the target. So it's like in, it, it, as an employer, employee, you know, you, 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 they set targets for you. And if you, if you reach a target, you get a bonus. And so I do the same thing, even though it's my business. I set goals, I reach the target and I, you know, pay myself a bonus.
1: Lesson number seven is live within your means. When I spoke to Gugu Sidaki about how to teach your children about money, it was interesting that the lessons shared can still be applied in adulthood, like this one.
7: One of the hardest things for for adults to do, and I'm sure you can attest to that as well, I mean, it's something that I struggle with quite a bit, um, is living within your means. Mm-hmm. You know, Understanding that you know, if you have a RAND and the RAND needs to last you the next six days, the next 12 days or whatever the case is, it's one of the most difficult things to do. And because credit is so easily available, easy money is, 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 is mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, people take for granted the, the, the habit of living within your means. And I think the sooner that is taught, the earlier that is taught, um, the quicker people will be able to um, start investing and then ultimately creating wealth. So as a parent, if you can teach your child um, to live within their means, um, whatever that means for, for the child, so whatever is age appropriate, mm. I, I promise you, you would have made a massive difference in your child's life. So if, if and, and one of the biggest lessons with, with living within your means is delayed gratification. And, and it's teaching children boundaries. So if you say to a child, I'm gonna give you ice cream, or you're gonna get ice cream, but just not right now. Mm. You know, you're gonna have to wait a day, an hour, whatever the case is, but getting children into the habit of waiting for things that they want for whatever reason. So whether they still have to accumulate money or whether you have to accumulate money in order to get them the things that they want, however you want to teach that lesson, that's probably one of the best ways um, to teach children about money. One of the first lessons that you actually need to teach your children.
1: Delayed gratification is something that we sometimes struggle with. And I've found that if I wait a little bit before I get something, I often forget about it which just highlights how unnecessary the expense would have been. So if you really want something, maybe rest in Puerto. You might save yourself some cash. Lesson number eight, there is power in the collective. Stockfalls have transformed from what they used to be to be a really powerful vehicle for financial freedom when done right. I really enjoyed hearing about this particular story from Palesa. Can you? You've obviously probably heard a lot of stockfall stories. Can you share with us a great, like a great success where somebody or a group of people have done something really amazing by using the power of, the, of a collective to achieve something?
3: So I, I've got so many, to be honest, Lungile. Uh, that's why I get so disappointed we only concentrate on the scams Uh, stockpiles that are doing great things i don't get the limelight enough and scams get all the (laughs) limelight so um so i'm always like oh my goodness i don't know which one to start with when it comes Mm. to great stockfills. but one that i can think of right now is these uh, these women uh, in cape town that put money together and started a construction company but they were a stock fell at first one of the ladies they were just ha- having a rotational stock firm. and one of the ladies uh, was working for a construction company where they were doing bricks and uh, so she knew the ins and out of the suppliers and everything then she pitched the idea to her to her stock fell and said hey guys instead of us rotating the money I mean it's great it's working for us in terms of saving but um, I think we should get into construction Uh, instead of the rotating the money let's save the money and start into that um then they started uh, raising the capital. They registered a company, and they she resigned at her job, unfortunately, because she was really passionate about this. Mm. And they started a um, uh, construction company. They first started were doing just the bricks. And Now I know they are doing uh, your what's those small stones? <laughs> Thing is, it, it's uh. It's a uh, yes. It's a full-on construction company, it's five years now. Uh, they uh-huh. use the Stockfell model to raise capital um, for that. And they're still members of the Stockfell, but they're also uh, directors of the construction company. I like uh, that story a lot. But um, as I said, there are a lot of stock firms that are really evolving into that route now, just using the model to raise capital. But And then once that capital is raised, they do great things when they transform into a recognized legal entity.
1: Also... Melissa talked about a franchise stock file that she was a part of, and I've seen that in early December, they opened the doors of their first franchise and have created employment for family members within the stock file. That is so impressive. Lesson number nine, research, research, research. If there is one lesson that I've learned in this season, especially when we talked to product providers, is research, research, research. And here's what Vusima Matebula had to say when it came to investing in property.
2: You then also need to do your research, you know, um, about uh, about the property. And sometimes that can involve getting you know a specialist uh involved you know like we said when you're buying a sectional title you know you need to look at uh, the, the 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 financials you need to look at the rules you need to look at you know the cost of the the, the levy for for that particular unit etc so you, you know you need to have a look at all of those things you need to understand the property itself the structure you know what are the things that you may need to change you know is the plumbing up to scratch are there any um, renovations that you that you need to do? Is there any ongoing maintenance work that you need to uh, that you need to be aware of? You need to understand not only that particular property and that particular complex, but the surrounding uh, properties and neighborhoods as well. In general, what kind of a neighborhood you know is this? You know, so you you gotta understand all of those things. You know, you gotta be clear about how much are you willing to spend. Do the research in this area what is the going price for a property of this nature? And if I compare it to other properties of a similar nature in other areas, am I getting a good deal or am I overpaying, you know, um, kind kind of a situation. One of the examples i make for a lot of um, guys that I speak to is, well, if someone is asking you to pay 1.4 million rand for a two-bedroom townhouse or apartment in Midrand, for instance, you need to ask yourself, well, have I lost my marbles? Because that is the same that I'd be spending for a two-bedroom townhouse in Morningside or in Bryanston, you gotta ask yourself then, which is more of the, what is the right English word, <laughs> which is the property or which property in the area is more in demand? Is a mm. two-bedroom inside more in demand than a two-bedroom in Midrand? It goes without saying, you know. And as much as it may offend uh, certain people, why would you want to spend 1.4 million rand property in Midrand that is so far out of um, Santon for instance, where you could get the you know, in Santa, you're clearly going to have more demand in a sort of, call it, um, far more demand uh, uh, neighborhood. And those are the things that you need to ask yourself. And you then need to ask yourself, well, so if I'm actually looking to buy outside these areas, by how much actually less should I be spending so I can get the benefit of price by not being in a high demand area? You know, you got to figure those things out yourself because those are not things that an estate agent, if you will, or a developer will tell you, they're trying to sell you a product. Yeah. They're not here trying to help you make an investment. No matter what they say, don't, don't buy it. That's just, that's a downright lie. There's no developer in this world or estate agent that is here to help you make an investment decision. It's it's their investment decision. They've built it and they're now trying to sell it to you as quickly as they can because that's how they make their money. It being an investment is you. You need to be aware of what you're getting yourself into, not what someone else is telling is telling you.
1: Last but not least, lesson number 10, choose your guardians wisely. Our World and Trust episode was such an eye-opener for me. It's a document that must be completed, and you know you must, but how you choose a guardian for your children unemotionally was a big learning. Have a listen here people need to
8: think of whom they choose to be their guardians. You know, think of someone who has the same outlook on life that you do, but also think of whether financially they'd be able to take care of your children once your money runs out. Mm. So it's um, because you assume that the money that you leave will be able to last your children through their lifetime, but it's very much dependent on what happens to you and at what stage in your life. Mm. So you need to ensure that that individual or those individuals also have a full understanding of the responsibility that they're taking on. So if you've got a friend or family or sister or brother who's got six children, adding your three might not exactly be the best option, even though they would love your children completely. Mm. So for me, it's exactly that. It's, It's understanding exactly what the various people, whether it's a guardian, whether it's an executor. Um, whether it's a trustee what, they, what role they will play um, and, and
1: picking people responsibly
8: and not emotionally
1: and that brings us to the very end of the 10 money lessons we learned in 2020 please share the lessons that you've learned by tagging strip money conversations on social media so that everyone can learn with you In closing, 2020 was a crazy year. Thank you for your support and we'll meet again later this year as I cook another educational season of Stripped Money Conversations. As usual, if you have any topic suggestions or guest suggestions, please find me on social media or email me on lungile at strippedmoney.co.za. Until season two, goodbye.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us your ears. Catch us on the social media streets. On Facebook, it's Stripped the Podcast. On Instagram, at Stripped underscore the Podcast. And on the Twitter streets, Stripped underscore Podcast.